0: welcome to real testaments the messages shared at church of god mission international church for real we trust god that through this message your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world god bless you hallelujah are you happy this morning It's a good day. Hallelujah. Okay, this morning I'm going to be talking on the purpose of kingdom wealth. Have you been learning anything so far in this series? So I will encourage you that um, you go back and dig up the messages and listen to it over and over again. Search the scriptures. And then while you search the scriptures and you listen to the messages pray that god will open your eyes and give you more understanding very key very very important praise the lord you know while i was studying i had you know a lot of time studying yesterday and god opened my eyes into a whole lot of truths a whole lot of truths that you know i mean if i'm going to begin to share them with you we don't have time one hour will not be enough but i pray that you yourself you will study you know, I preached a message one time here and a brother came to me and um, he was saying that the, the, some of the things that I said, you know, um, 100% did not resonate with some of the things that he has learned over the years. And I said, well, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. You go and study about it, study about it, and let's see. Because the truth is sometimes we carry, we carry messages that really does not resonate with the scriptures. I've been in church for a long time. I received the Holy Ghost baptism in 1991. I can still remember? So that's 31 years ago. So I've been in church for a long time and I've attended different churches. You know, I've attended different churches across board, Catholic, you know, Celestia, uh, White Garment Church, Pentecostal. And in Pentecostal, there are plenty. I've I've, I've gone across board in that 30-something years of being in faith. So I've heard a lot of messages. I've heard a lot of people talk. And my life changed when I started studying the scriptures. When I started studying the scriptures, I started discovering truths for myself. And I realized that a lot of times, some of the things that I was taught growing up as a child, some of them were not correct. And I do not blame the people who taught me. That is what they know. You will only give what you have. You can never give what you don't have. So it's the same thing that I'm sharing with you. Whatever that I tell you, even though you don't swallow a hook climb like my sinker, go and study about it. Don't struggle with it. Don't fight with it. I realize that you need to, first of all, accept the messenger before the message. Some of you are not blessed in this church because you have not accepted me as your pastor. And the reason why that is so is because you think the things that you've known in the past is not gelling with what I am saying. So, it is not a contest. It is not a fight. It is not confrontation. I hate confrontation because Jesus Christ was not a confrontational person. So, if you believe that what I am saying does not gel or resonate with your philosophy or theology, there's no problem. Study about it again. Look at it all over again. And if... You see that there are things that I have said that does not connect. Call me up. We will sit down and we'll look at it together. I'm not proud. I'm humble because Jesus was a humble man. So we'll look at it together and we will share ideas. But what I do not want is that you will be in church for real and you are not blessed. I don't want that. Love, you have been here now for years and you are not growing The reason you are not growing is not because the word is not strong, it's because your mind is closed. And if your mind is closed, you will never grow. It is better for you to be somewhere where your mind is opened, and you can receive the word with meekness. Then you can begin to grow. Because the word of God actually is like milk that brings meekness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are are we together this morning? So, when I talk to you, I'm not looking for fans. I'm not looking for loyalists. I only pray that you'll be loyal to Jesus. If I can achieve that aim in this church, I think I'm, I'm okay. The Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So, if I can get you to look at Jesus, not to look at man, then I've done the job right? So I want your mind to be open. I want your spirit to be free. I want you to receive the word as if you are a child that is sucking the mother's breast without fear. You know, when you see a baby sucking the mother's breast, as far as he's concerned or she's concerned, that's the best thing that is happening at that point in time. So that's the kind of spirit I want you to have. If you don't have that kind of spirit and You want to move on There's no problem about that I've often said I'm not a denominational person And I'm not a religious person When we get to heaven God will not ask you how many You know uh, branches you went to Or how many denominations you went to Jesus only said I'm going to build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail So the church is one Praise God So I want your spirit to be open. I know what I'm saying. A lot of you, your spirit is still closed. You are finding it difficult to flow because your mind is closed. Your spirit is closed. You need to open it up. Even God cannot open it for you. Even the Bible says something, it said, if you harden your heart, so it means you can harden it and you can soften it. Praise God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will intervene. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will soften the hearts of the people. It won't be difficult for them to take decisions, but they will rely on you for decision-making. In Jesus' name. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25, a uh, scripture that we've been looking at. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. It's a parable of the talent, and if you look at it from verse 14, Jesus was the one talking about this parable, and he began to explain it. Now, I don't want to read from 14 down. I want to read from 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. 29. For To everyone who has, more will be given, and to he will have abundance. But from, from him who does not have even that, even what he has will be taken away. Look at verse 30. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, listen to this. Even the master said, even though you have an issue with me, because practically this chap, the last guy who had one talent, had a problem, two problems. Number one problem he had was a relationship problem. He said, you are a hard man. You want to reap where you don't sow. So why will I go and invest for you? That's number one problem. The number two problem he had, he said, I I was afraid. So he had his own personal issues to deal with. Oftentimes, we don't make enough wealth and enough money because of these two primary matters, relationship and secondly, our personal issues. You know, in those days, when man began to go to the moon and go to the sun, trying to go to the sun, go everywhere, crisscross the whole earth, a certain philosopher came up and said, man, know yourself. It's important that you know yourself first before you start knowing other people. That's why Jesus Christ says something that is very profound. He said, first of all, remove the log in your eyes before you start telling somebody to remove the speck in his eyes. So oftentimes, when you are pointing one finger at somebody, you're actually pointing four at yourself. So the truth is, it's not about people. It's not about the economy sometimes. It's about you not making action. So this guy had all the reasons in the world not to have done business. But the Bible says the one who had five went to trade with it, and he made more money. That's more five talents. The guy who has two went to trade with it, and he you know, brought in two more. But this guy had only one. So it was easy for him to have even traded with it, but he did not. And scripture was very clear. He said, I was afraid. What are you afraid of today? You need to, first of all, deal with your internal issues. That's the truth. You know, somebody can be communicating and you'll be hearing a different thing because of the issues that you are trying to deal with inside of you. Very key. You know, that is why... When somebody finishes a communication and you call three persons to come and regurgitate or repeat what that person just said, you find out that you have different versions. Because the truth about communication is that it is what you hear and you listen and you understand that you are going to bring out. It's like eating food. If you eat carbohydrate-related and you eat it, it, at the end of the day, you know it turns into um into sugar in your body right so the end product comes out you know i went somewhere and i was having a meeting somewhere and uh, i i i I, I communicated something and somebody heard something else and some other person said no this is what he said and so oh you so later i found out that that person that heard differently had some one of those things to deal with. So what am I saying this morning? First of all, we need to deal with our internal issues. A lot of you are not prospering because not God's fault, not Nigeria's fault, but because of your own fault. That's the truth. If, for example, one thing I've known in life is that if you have a problem with leadership, with somebody who is supposed, supposedly... Your leader, you are. You may, you will struggle, whether at workplace or you are in the house. You are having an issue with your father, or you know you are having an issue with uh, somebody who is supposed to be a leader over you. You will struggle if you you will struggle to prosper, because you see God is a God of order and principle. He's not an emotional God. Now, if you want to look at God based on the basis of emotions. You will pity for this guy that had just one talent. How can you take his own and now give to the guy who had five and he will have ten? And Jesus was talking, he said, He that has more, he said, He that has more, he said, He will be giving more so that he can have abundance. He said, For everyone who has more will be given. So it, it doesn't resonate sentiments, it does not resume, uh, resonate emotions. So the guy who had one, you for pity for and say, okay, now only one he gets, okay, let's forgive him. No, God doesn't work based on emotions, he doesn't work based on sentiments, he works based on principle, policy, and process. I say that again. God works based on principle, policy and process. So a lot of you have been kneeling down and saying, God, bless me now. God, bless me now. See how I'm doing this. See this person. You know, we, we are classmates. This person has moved far. Lord bless me now. But God is saying, look deeper. Look deeper. There's something you have in your hand that you have not been able to use. So it's not God's fault. It's your fault. So this morning, while I'm speaking, I want you to look deeper into your life. What are those issues that you are grappling with, that you are struggling with? Are there issues of you know, unbelief, you know, fear, trust? A lot of you have trust issues you can't trust. You know, ins- in insecurity, inferiority, complex, a lot of things that Jesus did not give to you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, everything that you never gave to us, that anyone in this building might be experiencing, I rebuke it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Set your people free. That's why scripture says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. Why the other two guys started running with their talents and making money, the one who had one because of the issues he had was static. He went to bury it in the soil. Another thing I want you to know here is God is a God of profit, and is a God of multiplication. God is interested in interest. So one of the ways to know that you are not, you know, something is wrong, is if you are not growing. If you are not growing mentally, you are not growing emotionally, you are not growing spiritually, also you are not growing financially, you know, you need to check yourself. It might be that you have gone to hide what God has given to you. So you need to grow. It's God's intention that you grow because God is interested in multiplication. He's not interested in waste, He's interested in you growing so that you can make more profit in life. Now, having said that, it's also important for you to know something. That God's plan and philosophy has not changed. I'm deliberating using those words. God's plan and philosophy. What is philosophy? The way God thinks. Philosophy is how you think. Everybody here has a philosophy. You know, God has taught me a great deal about philosophy, mentality, mindset, ideology. You know, in the past few years, and you know, he made me realize that if I must prosper as an individual, especially as a believer, I must extract my ideology and philosophy from his word, not from the world. You know, a lot of times, a lot of us have the philosophy and the ideology of the world, but it is what the word of God says that we should do not what the world is saying. And so how do you know somebody's philosophy? You know somebody's philosophy based on what he says, what comes out of the mouth. Jesus talking, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So how do you know somebody? You know somebody based on what he says from his mouth. Hallelujah. For example, you know, there was a certain place I was, and um, the driver... Was going, to, um, was going on leave, and so they brought another driver. So this new driver that they brought for the, in the interim, we were all in the office one day, and he started saying a few things, how he was going to run with a car or something. He, the things that were coming out of his mouth, my you know, interim boss, when the guy left, he said, this guy cannot be trusted, though. No, he was making some statements that suggested the fact that he didn't have integrity. Sometimes there are a few things you say from your mouth that suggest the kind of person you are. Are you getting what I'm saying? For example, let me give you another example. I walked a certain place also and there's a Chinese lady that you know was managing and she, she came and we started interacting with her. And she said ah, that um, before she came to Nigeria, that they had to pay her. They paid her upfront something, and so it's not as if you even have access to the money. So when they come, they will give them accommodation, feeding. Virtually all their welfare, 100%, is sorted. But they have already sorted her by giving her the money to come and work here. So someone who was close by, hearing what the lady said, a young man said, "Wow." They paid her across, they paid her advance. He says, Now me, now run, I go run, I'm not going to again. So that gave me an idea of who the person is. You know what I'm saying. You see, so if your philosophy is dirty, a lot of you are complaining Nigeria is bad. This is, some of you, if you enter there with a kind mind where you get, Nigeria will be in very big soup. Your mind, if your mind is dirty, your Output expression will be dirty. Are you getting what I'm saying today? So that's what the T. So a lot of a lot of times when you express what comes out from your mouth, is an indication of who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So it is not it is not the situation that changed you, it is based on how you think. Based on how you think. The other day, driver lost his job. Why did he lose his job? He was driving his hogar. They went to a filling station. I learned from different things. That's why I'm giving you different stories. He was driving his hogar. They went to a filling station. And when they got to the filling station, the hogar told him, buy fuel. I've forgotten the amount. Now, let's say, four or five thousand naira. So he gave him the, the cash. And so the guy was busy talking with the wife. They were just at the back, gisting and talking. And so the driver said, give me four or four, five. And so they put the fuel four thousand five. The driver pocketed five hundred naira. And so he didn't know that the, the the man's wife noticed noticed the whole transaction, and he told him. He said, he told the man. He said, this driver did not put fuel of five k five thousand. He said, ah, the man was serious. He said, yes. Yeah. He said, it's, it's four five he put. So when they called the driver, when he entered, he said, how much for the The driver said, "No, nah, it's 5K, Now nah, it's 5K. He said, no, it's 4-5. So he started arguing. They want to call the um, foil attendant to get more feedback. And the man said, if I bring you out and we search you, we see 500 naira for your pockets. I tell you, I will call police and we will shout only and beat you up today. That was where he, and I said, okay, sir, please forgive me is uh, four or five. I took 500 from it. That day, he lost his job. So, it's, it's not the situation, right? It's the man's way of thinking. Obviously, he must have been doing it before. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if your mind is dirty, your life will be dirty. It's the truth. If your intention, for example, if your intention, so a lot of you are in relationship, for example, and you are Sleeping with yourself, for example, which negates the scripture, okay? So it is not the relationship that made you to be doing what you are doing. Somehow, you have already entered the relationship with that kind of thinking. understand you know what I'm saying. So that's how it is. it is. It is your thinking that gives you out based on what you do, you know, how you do it, your expression, and, and what have you. Right. So, but if you come into a relationship, for example, with a, with a mindset of, so I'm going to keep this relationship pure or holy, clean, as, as based on what the scripture says, you find yourself trying to push that agenda. It's an agenda. But if it's different, it's, if you don't even have a, an agenda at all, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be um, a different ballgame. The same thing with marriage. If you come into marriage with a very dirty mindset, you think that your wife should do everything. Your wife—I even know some guys who, who got into marriage with the mindset of not working, let the woman do all the job and bring all the money. And so, when the woman comes, it's okay. Have they paid salary? Bring it. I mean, so so it's not the marriage that changed the man; It's the man that came with that mindset into the marriage. So that is why, a certain marriage tomorrow, for example, always most times when he talks about preaching and talking about singles and all this stuff, he always preaches about the, the idea of being whole, know yourself first, you know, understand your singleness, you know, know who you are, very important, so you, you are able to, you know, do things, you know, with, with the right mindset. And I'm here to tell you that the right mindset is the mindset of the scriptures, Study the scriptures. What did Jesus say about issues of life, okay? If you have an issue with somebody, you, you and somebody don't quarrel. The normal thing that the devil will suggest to you is to keep malice. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said that if you have an issue with a brother, what you should you do? You go and meet the brother and reconcile. If the person does not agree with you, what should you do? You bring somebody else and say, please settle us. So Jesus was a man of Peace. So, but if your mindset, for example, is a mindset of be gay or fight, or confrontation, I don't care how the person thinks is about me, there's going to be an issue in relationship and other things that you do. So, I don't know what I'm talking about you. You need to deal with yourself. It's very important. Your spirit, your mindset, and everything, you need to look at it. Does it align with the scripture? If it does not align with the scripture, then you need to change it. The truth is that we all have our different opinions and and expressions in life, nobody might be 100% correct. That is why we have the law to guide us. But the truth is, what should guide us as believers is the Bible, is the Holy Spirit. So we should agree, not based on our personal things, but based on the Bible, based on the Spirit. Let's follow the Scriptures, and that should form the basis of our philosophy and our ideology. So I've said that God's philosophy has not changed. If you look at it right from the scripture, God's philosophy has always been about him and man. Him and man. When God created man, he told man to have dominion and all this stuff and all of that. So it's about him and man. Let's read Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Even the death of Jesus was about man. So man is at the epic, epicenter of God's agenda. Say that with me. Say man is at the epicenter of God's agenda. Okay, so look at what he says in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised from our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So you need to understand that what Jesus did was for man, not for himself. So the foundation of Christianity, or the foundation of the kingdom of God, is based on Jesus sacrificing himself based on the will of the father and based on mankind to benefit from it is as easy as that so when jesus came on the cross i mean before he went to the cross like i read a few weeks ago jesus did not want to die again he don't want to die again his intention has changed he said if it's possible take this cup from me but he said something he said father let not my will but your will. So the foundation of your faith is not based on your interests. It's based on the will of God. But the world has taught you that it's based on your interests. That is the agenda that is pushed in the world. But the agenda in the scripture, it is that you please Jesus and you please God. That's the agenda. Jesus said, let thy will be done as it is done in heaven. So it is the will of God. What we are supposed to do as believers, because that is the foundation of the, and the basis of our faith, is to understand the will of God and do it. And 100% the will of God always is tied to the benefit of mankind. Somebody with me this morning. So the benefit of mankind, let's look at Genesis chapter 22 verse 18. So Jesus died for your sin because of the will of God, not because of his own will. So the philosophy of God has not changed and it will never change because man is at the epicenter of his will. Man is at the epicenter of his will. So when everything you do in life is about yourself, 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 that is the agenda of the devil, the God of this world in terms of sin. But the agenda of God is that you please him and you do what you need to do to benefit your neighbor. That's when that lawyer came to tempt Jesus. He said, tell me, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, everything you have. He said, "The second is like the first. Jesus only gave us one law or two laws, and it is encapsulated in one thing, which is love. Commandment is a law. You don't have a choice, you must do it. It's a law. So the only law that Jesus gave to us is the law of love. Check it out. Look at this. Genesis 1, 22 verse 18, 22 verse 18, please. 22 not 218, 22 verse 18. Okay, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. A certain translation says, through you shall the nations of the earth. So we are, the, the seed also means that the people that came from Abraham. He said, because you obey my voice, through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham was going to be a channel, a conduit, a pipe. Through which the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. listen, the evidence of the blessing of God is found in the things that you do. God did not bless you so that you hold it. God is not a God that holds blessing. He's a God that expresses blessing. So the reason he was going to bless Abraham was that through Abraham, the nations of the earth will be blessed. The same way God's philosophy and agenda has still not changed. He brought it through Jesus. Jesus did not die for himself. Jesus died for you because of the will of God. I say that again. Jesus died for you because of the will of God. It's the same way God is blessing you financially, not for you to lavish on your lust, but for you to express it on mankind. Somebody with me this morning. Praise God. That's the truth. So you are rich because of what Jesus has done. He has given you wealth. Let me show you something in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Give me 2nd Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So through Abraham, we are all blessed today because he obeyed God. And through Jesus, we are who we are, because he obeyed God. Through Jesus. We are who we are because we obey God. So it's not about you. Stop thinking that the one million you have in your account, oh, God has blessed me. And the next thing, you want to squander it on yourself, on your family. Think about people who don't have to eat. Think about church projects. Think about people who are suffering, who don't have money. So the essence or the purpose of kingdom wealth, I'm going to reel out some of the things that God showed me yesterday, and I'm going to point them out to you. Look at 2nd. Uh, Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. It says, For we know that the grace of God Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be what? Might be rich. So you are rich. In principle, you are rich. Are you getting it now? You are rich. What you need to do is to express the riches. Is to bring out the wealth. And how do you bring out the wealth? By activating it. How do you activate it? You need to walk. He said, I will bless the works of thy hands. If you sit down and you you are just lonely, you are not doing anything, there's nothing God can bless. There's nothing God can multiply. Right? There's nothing. That's why the guy who had just one talent went to hide it because of issues. A lot of you are not activating the blessings of God because of all the plenty issues you are going to, you are trying to sort out. But Jesus Christ has delivered you already. So you live and stream in the reality that you have been delivered already. Praise the Lord. So you must understand that God's philosophy has not changed. It's still about him, you doing his will, and you blessing mankind. That is why when Jesus Christ died and resurrected, when he, he came and he brought Peter and all the other guys together, he began to ask the question. He said, Lovest thou me more than this. He gave them fish. He gave them bread to eat. <coughs> and he said, if you love me, feed my lamp. What he was telling Peter is that prove it that you love me. Now listen to this, two words in the scriptures that are not theoretical, they are actually action words, love and faith. Bible says, faith without works is dead. Faith is in the doing, it's not in the talking. So when Jesus told them, how many pots are there, go and put water in the pots, and they went and did it, that's faith. That they said, oh we believe, we believe you master, you are a great man, we believe you, and they didn't do it, that's not faith. Faith. So faith is in the doing, it is not in the talking. And what do you do? You do what you believe. Right. So when Jesus said to those lepers, he said, go and show yourself to the priest." They believed him and on the way they realized that leprosy was not there anymore. So it is what you do that becomes faith. You get it now. The same thing, love. Love is in what you do, it's not in what you say. So if you say you love someone, it is what you do that will validate that word. If you say you love someone, I love you, I love you, I love you, then you depress the neck, you want, kill him, you want to kill him, that's not love. You're not going to believe you. So Jesus was telling Peter, he said, love us down me more than this, more than this fish and bread that I've given you. Peter said, you know that I love you. We've heard that. It's like a broken record. We've heard that a couple of times. Remember, you denied me three times. So, three times you denied me. Eh? So, how do I believe you now that you love me? The only way that I can believe you now that you love me is if you take care of these guys. In other words, the only way that I can believe that you love me is if you do my will, not your will. Remember when Jesus Christ died? Peter said, "I am going to fish." He left the job that Jesus is, I'm going to fishing, and not send. He went to fish. How do you prove to Jesus and prove to God that you love God? When you do the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? Are there plenty? Number one, when you win souls. Number two, when you love. Number three, when you take care of people who need help. Not when you fight. Not when you castigate people. Not when you gossip and do all those things that are in the world. No, those are the opposite of love. When you pray for someone that needs prayer. Listen, the time has come for you to only go on your knees because of what you want. How many of you have gone on your knees to pray for people who, who are, you just discover that that maybe your neighbor is having, bad, the marriage is not working out. But your own marriage is working out. You go on your knees and you pray and say, Father, intervene in that. home." You look at church, you see people who are struggling to survive, one on issues, you issues know, bringing them down. Instead of you to form a gossip group and you know, talk about that person, you go on your knees and you pray for that person. That is the evidence of love. My biggest problem in this generation is that we have been 100% infiltrated with the philosophy of the world. We don't even know our identity anymore. I refuse, I refuse in the name of Jesus to be part of the evil in this world. It's a personal decision that I've made. I will not. God told me, let my word guide you what? The same thing I'm telling you. Let the word of God guide you. It's not about you. It's about your neighbor, and it's about doing the will of God. Praise God. Very important. Let me give you some few tips about the purpose of kingdom wealth. Number one purpose of kingdom wealth is for you to be a major source of blessing to mankind. Man is selfish, but Kingdom thinkers are not selfish. So if you look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, when you are a kingdom thinker, you are not a selfish person. You are thinking of the next thing, the next project to help. You have a salary. You draw a salary of, um, you know, um, I don't know, a few years ago, my my landlord, I was going to pay my house rent, and uh, I just got to know him. And I was bringing out something from my pocket. All the receipts that all the deposits I've made for people just dropped off. You say, wow. I say, man, people that I send money to. I know a lot of you, based on what you earn, you are still able to stretch and bless people, which is very good. Which is very good. The reason why God wants you to be blessed financially is so that you can be a major source of blessing to mankind. Be a source of blessing to mankind. So that's what God wants. People who don't think kingdom, they are not source of blessings. In short, they give because they want to take. They give because they want to take. But kingdom thinkers, we give. Not because of what we want to take, but because the word of God says we should give. Are you getting it now? Number two, the purpose of kingdom world is for the expansion of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Jesus here on earth. Now, God expanded the revelation of the kingdom in my heart. He said, what is the kingdom? He said, the kingdom is a government that is governed by Christ. The kingdom is a government that is governed by Christ, and that is where we belong Number one, you need to know that there is one earth but two kingdoms. One earth, two kingdoms. There is a the kingdom of darkness and there is a the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness is ruled and run by the devil, the God of this world. In terms of when you say the God of this world, the God of the iniquity and all the evil in the world. Then, number two, the kingdom of light, and that is Christ. Christ is the king in the kingdom of light. So we have left darkness, we are now light. Therefore, what do we do? We resonate with the man who we serve. We resonate with, the, with Jesus, not with the devil. Devil says, an eye for an eye, I will give you back as in the heart. But Jesus Christ said, turn the other, the, the other side. Do you see the difference? When the devil is insisting on... You know blow by blow catastrophe fight, disarray jesus said if they give you for one turn the other side what is he talking about be slow to anger be slow to it think deep when you think deep he will speak to you we've left that kingdom we're now in the kingdom of lights Number one, the purpose of the kingdom wealth is for you to be a major source of blessing to mankind. Man is selfish, but kingdom thinkers are not selfish. Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. Number two, the purpose of kingdom wealth is for you, uh, for, the, is for the expansion of his kingdom. Jesus Christ said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Matthew 24, verse 14. Give me Matthew 24, verse 14. We need to preach the kingdom. And to be honest with you, you need money to preach kingdom. That's the truth. Before Jesus Christ would come, everybody would have heard the gospel, so there will be no excuse. In short, the advent of Internet, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest invention that man has ever done, because it's going to stimulate and project the gospel being done. That's the truth. You are in Nigeria. And somebody is, is in Australia and the person is hearing the gospel. Streaming life. You can use your phone and use your video phone and you, you talk to the person. And you know We can do a whole lot now compared to 20, 30 years ago. Look at what Jesus Christ said. He said, Matthew 24 verse 14, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And they shall, sorry, then shall the end come. So one of the major reasons why the end has not come is because not everybody has heard the gospel. So the question I want to ask you, or you, you should be asking yourself, what am I doing to propagate the gospel? We have an outreach team in church. How many of you have come to say, Pastor, you know, for outreach? I'm dropping 20K for for outreach for this month or for this year. Or you say, Pastor, this is my contribution for 5K. You know, this is my 5K for outreach. You know, Or you come and ask me, say, Pastor, what outreach plans do we have? What are the the outreach plans do we have? That is the way Kingdom Thinkers, that's the way they reason. That's why I'm teaching you all of those things so that you understand. And what I'm te- telling you, is not based on season. It is not seasonal message. This message is not a seasonal message. You say, okay, this message is... No, this message, when it comes to the gospel, it is useful anytime. Do you know the, how many years ago they wrote this script? The first guy that put the Bible together, they killed him. But yet, the Bible don't grow all over the world. What is your own contribution to the expansion of the kingdom? There are people who are financing the distribution of Bible all over the world. I heard of a Muslim man who sank a ship full of Bibles that was coming to Nigeria. So if we, have, if we say, oh, Muslim, they have, they have an agenda. What agenda do you have to propagate the gospel? Let's leave whatever people are doing. You, you must have your own agenda. It's very important. No matter how God has blessed you, whatever amount God has given to you, what have you set aside for kingdom expansion? It's key. It's key because that is the purpose of kingdom wealth. So this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all over the world. But not be, not be moi moi, na money. So you need to put it on the table so that the gospel can fly. Hallelujah. Somebody with me this morning. Don't worry. I know some of you are saying, ah, Pastor, my money not go anywhere. God has blessed you already. Activate what you have in your hand. Praise the Lord. Number three, for welfare purpose. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to further 6. I like that place. Give me Matthew 25, 31 to further 6. Let's read that place quickly. Great. Pass it. 10. Now, when the Son of Man, listen to this. He said, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Listen. Go 33 now. Let's read down. Now, Now he shall set the sheep on his right hand But the goats is an illustration And the goats on the left Give me 34 Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand Come you blessed of my father Inherit the kingdom prepared for you From the foundation of the world (laughs) 36 Give me good news He said, naked and you clothed me, I was sick and you took care of me, in prison you visited me. Go, go, continue. The righteous will then answer, he said, the righteous will answer. He said, when Lord did we ever see you hungry and feed you and taste and give you drink? Now all of these things to feed people, you hungry, you sick, you visited them, prison, all of these are outreach related. That's the truth. So you don't need church. eh? You don't need church to gather first. You don't need church to gather first. There was something I heard. I was at the burial of a sister. And, no, I was at the burial of a brother. And somebody, a sister, came up to talk. She was in pain. And what was she saying? She said a few months ago she lost a sister, as in a sister in Christ, and She heard that the sister was sick for a long time, but she was procrastinating in terms of going to visit the sister. Oh, I will go on Tuesday. Oh, I will go on Thursday. She was procrastinating until that sister finally went to be with the Lord. So she went for the sister's service of song. She said, The Holy Spirit told her, He said, What are you doing here now that she's dead? When she was sick, where were you? She was in pain. All through the service or song of that sister. That's what she said. Based on, just paraphrasing what she said. She said, she was talking at this brother's funeral. Don't be too busy. Kill a day. You hear a brother is sick, all you care about is yourself. That's not kingdom thinking. You hear a sister is sick, you cannot even go and pay a visit. And okay, if you have the money, and so okay, let me take care of whatever drug you are taking. And you pray for the brother, pray for the sister, and you leave. That is kingdom thinking. You hear a brother have not eaten, not as if the person is a serial beggar. You know, there are serial beggars, yeah? I don't encourage that. <laughs> Once in a while, people can be dislocated financially. They are broke. And you observe it. Don't turn your face away. The Bible says if a brother comes to you and says, please help me, I need help. Don't begin to pray. If you have it, give it to the brother. Give it to the sister. That's what scripture says. Please, let's not be too carried away with our runs. God has given you health. You are strong. You are a youth now. Use it to do ministry work. Don't wait for church. Some persons have not come to church for a while now. Have you cared to find out? Have you called, um, 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 what do you call it, follow-up to say, do you have the details of this brother? I need to go check on this brother. I need to call this brother. It's not pastor's work only. No. Somebody died in the book of Acts. I think her name is Dorcas, right? And they all came and said, Peter, you must raise this woman. She must not go. Listen, if you are adding value, the earth will refuse to swallow you. Sa, this woman not going die, yo. This shirt, now she dashed me. This shoe, now she go, market, go buy them for me. My children, they're sick, now she buy drugs for them. <sighs> and Peter was in a, a city. Which city was it? Was it Joppa? Forgotten the story now. He was in a city, and he came to that other one. They rise up. They say, oh, God, this woman must stand up. Earth must not swallow this one. And that's how she came back to life. Can people say that of you in church for real? Can they say, oh, this brother, ah, this brother, can they say that of you? Can they say this brother is always calling, this sister is always visiting, this sister is always giving money to people who, don't, who are not feeling well? As I'm talking now, begin to scan. Is there anybody you know that needs welfare, that needs help? You and this is the time, the Bible says, now is the time of salvation. Don't postpone it. When, 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 you, you now, when it becomes too late, you don't say, had I know. And that sister that was giving that, that was saying that, what was she doing? She was in pain. All she needed to do was to go and visit the sister who was sick. She kept procrastinating. She kept putting off until the lady passed on. Then she now came for the funeral, the, our service of song. That's the problem we have in Africa. It's very well in Africa. We expend so much money on funeral and write long tributes. But when the person is alive, you never say anything good about the person. All you see is all the things that are bad. We don't say good things about people. When they die, we give tribute. That is wrong. It's the mentality of the world. And we must change it. Every time, we never see people. You come to church. All you need to see, brother, I bless you. Thank God for your life. And we we give people words of affirmation. We don't give words of affirmation. All we say is, uh, I heard what you said about me last year. Let me tell you. All we say is about fight. It's about what is all this going on? What's all this going on? Why don't you sell a brother? Oh, I was praying yesterday and God spoke to me about you and I prayed for you. Listen, whatever you are going through, you have overcome already. That's the way kingdom people talk. Kingdom thinkers. That's the way we talk. Let's pray for one another. Let's love one another. Let's visit. If I take census... We are all guilty of that. Let's visit one another. The Bible says, bear one another's burden. That's what he says, not your own burden. Bear one another's burden. Let me give you a clincher. Job. The Bible says he told, God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Not when he prayed for himself. When he prayed for his friends, those his friends. They were doing stuff that were not good. Thank you. They were doing stuff. Open it. They were doing stuff that were not good. good. But he decided to pray for those people. Listen, what do you do when you hear people are saying stuff about you that are not nice? Do you go and fight them? No. Go down on your knees and pray for them. Pray for them. Stop. Let's stop the, the way the world is behaving. Somebody is giving you banter on social media. Oh yeah, you don't, they knock them, they go. No, we are, not, we are not like that. We are peaceful people. We must promote peace. Peace is our agenda. When somebody knock you, Akwako, what do you do? You say, God bless you. You never hear that song? You just my ear deaf. <laughs> we are living in the world now. We the hear things now. Our eyes are open, our ears, we have feelings, we have all those things. But the things that refrains us, the Bible says, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts. Hallelujah. It's the love of God. You see, one thing, one culture of the kingdom that you must imbibe is the culture of effective communication. Somebody say effective communication. And that was what saved Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to, in the night to meet Jesus. He said, Master, listen. Nobody can do the things that you are doing except God is with you. He had a one-on-one with, 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 with Jesus. And that, because of Nicodemus, Jesus talked about being born again and being born of the Spirit. There were a lot of things that Jesus said based on interaction and questions that people asked. If not, if, if, if they were not recorded. It would have been recorded. Listen. When Jesus talked in Matthew chapter 24, the disciples came to him privately and said, What shall be the signs of the end? That was when Jesus started talking. If listen to this, effective communication is powerful. If somebody talks with thing you don't understand or you don't like, don't go outside, go to fight with people, they argue the matter. Go meet the person where he talks And said, this thing that you said, I don't have a clear view on it. Can you expantiate? In the process of expantiating, you are going to get a clearer view. That is how the kingdom thinkers behave. We have stayed too much in the world and we behave like the children of the world. We have lost our identity. The man that did not kill Saul came to, 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 to David and said, I am the one that killed him. Because he knew that David and Saul, they were enemies. He wanted to take the glory. Meanwhile, Saul died on the battlefield. But David had a better understanding about kingdom thinking. He said, wow, you killed the lost anointed. He said, you kill him. <laughs> he wanted to go tell David, say, I ain't kill him. So that David go make him, him right hand man for his kingdom. Story, story, story. He Kill him. People are like that. People are like that. They know that. Listen, with all due respect. They know that Pastor Ye and what's his name, Pastor Sars, they know the two flow, although they supposed flow. I'm just giving an example. They know the two flow, then get small issue. Ah, Pastor Oye don't say something. And he say, ah, you now go to the back, He say, Pastor Sars, ah, waiting Pastor Oye talk about you today. You hear? Why peddle that kind of things? And they will now wrap it. Color and finish, Pastor Saul. Because really, he said that. He said that your body go to boil. Listen, as a kingdom thinker, your body don't supposed boil. If at all, so you said it, and it wasn't palatable. What you are supposed to do is to go on your knees and pray. How the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perish. Tell it not in the streets of Askelon. Tell it not in Gath. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised, rejoice. Lest the second, the daughters of the Philistines, Liz, they rejoice. What is Gath and Askelon? Gath and Askelon are cities in the in the in the land of the Philistines. When a brother fall, when a brother said something that is not too good, don't go to the streets and start telling the world about it. Instead, what should you do? Go on your knees and pray. That's the principle of kingdom thinking. Lastly, as a number four, the purpose of kingdom wealth is to be a blessing and a financier to your local assembly. Every local church has a need, financial need. So, God blesses you so that you can contribute financially to the local church, so as to meet financial obligations. The early church in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, if you read verse 32, give me Acts chapter 4, verse 32, 37, had to sell what they had, and brought the money to the church. This was how the church was able to meet her financial obligations and commitment. One of the concepts of financial growth in church is through general contribution. Ask yourself, what am I contributing to my local church? Now, let me give you this. Few months ago, we were using 15K for diesel. Every service, we had 15K. (laughs) But now, every service we do, and you see the big gen running, we spend close to 25 to 30K. So, anytime you come to church and you see gen, know that 30K don't die. No more. It's, it's the truth. Well, Patrick and Sherja, can I say anything different? Diesel, the cost of diesel is going up. There was a time we were buying diesel for 250, 300. And we have not complaining that it's not. Now, diesel is 850, 900, climbing to 1K. We are buying diesel on that big gen. Kingdom thinker will say, Pastor, how are you coping with this cost of high diesel? Take 50K to augment for diesel. That is kingdom thinking. Not when you come to church, you see the gen not on, you go to verse. Ah, this place is hot now. If, If the place is hot, God is saying, do something about it. Am I hitting you below the belt, <laughs> my brother? That gospel are they preach, leave that thing. Do you understand that? If I if I brandish, I can be very honest. Maybe with the um, leaders, I can do that. I've done that a couple of times in our leaders' meeting. I will brandish all the all the all the expenses. How much came in into church, and how much went out? All the finance will break down when they send me report. I say break it down as small, as minute as 1K, 2K, put them there. I want to see all the costs, living on the monthly bill. They break it down. But I would just oppose the income and the expenses. What is left? On the average, we have people that will pay in church. Church staff, here. Every month, certain amount must go. Minus the operational expenses and all of that. So church needs money to move forward. So the question will now be, what is my contribution? And based on the, on the financials, should I give you some of this information? Yes, I'll give you, you need, you need it. Based on the financials, we record more in terms of tight pain than how much do you people, people they drop $200 for offering, $500 for offering, that I want to buy diesel. We record more from tight pain. Now, God has blessed a lot of you here, financially. You have good jobs, but you don't pay your tithe because you have a wrong ideology about tithe paying. Maybe next week I'll talk... Because next week, I'm going to be... Don't miss next week. I'm going to be talking about the areas of kingdom contribution. I'm going to be talking... I'm going to talk about tithing. I'm going to show you from scripture. Now, when I'm going to give you a teaser about tithing, tithing in the New Testament is not based on the law. God said... I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Listen, the devourer has been rebuked already. Jesus don't rebuke him. So the fact that you don't pay tithe does not mean you will be sick. Mm -hmm. Whoever says that is wrong. Jesus has already, the Bible says that he is the one that fulfilled the law. If you understand kingdom about Jesus, oh boy, your life will be safe. Jesus took the law eh, and he fulfilled it on our behalf. All the ceremonial law, the laws, he fulfilled it on our behalf. So, what you need to do is to put your faith on Jesus. On that day, God will not ask you, Why did you, why did you not do this? and begin to recount to each of the laws for you. No. What he will look at is Christ. Did you accept Christ? Because when you accept Christ, you have fulfilled the law already. So, when you pay tithe, God is not rebuking the devourer. The devourer has been rebuked already. Now listen to this. It's about love. If you say you love God, what are you giving to God? They are paying you 500K in a month. You are arguing. You are struggling to say, God, take something. You are struggling. You blow the remaining 500 on yourself. Nothing for kingdom is wrong. You don't love God. You are always saying it you say, I don't like that church. I don't like the pastor, so I will not give. People think that way. I've seen people who, there were people who (coughs) who were giving. I did my investigation, and I found out they had issues. They stopped giving. Who lose? Who lose? God sees your heart. God sees your heart. Listen, it is natural for the church that you worship and you hear the word that you give to the church. The 10% is just a benchmark. The early church gave 100%. Look at it. The group of believers was was one mind and one heart. This is what I want in church for real. One mind and one heart. None of them said that any of their belongings were their own. It is not an individualistic, we are not doing contest here. It's not an individualistic thing. He said, but they all shared with one another everything they had. When you close from church, invite a brother, come and have lunch with me today. Let's go to my house. Pick somebody in your car. That's, that's the spirit of, of kingdom. That's love. When well, you don't even know where the other person is still, you send. That's you know, think only thing concern you. And that other person chop or not chop. it they concern you. And some of you haven't throwing food away. It's not nice. And they said, We want to know everything they have. Look at verse 33. And they, with great power, listen to this with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God poured rich blessings on them. I was praying for church one day. I said, Father, I need the manifestation. Listen, I am anointed. I know. I have prayed for people, they have received healing. I have said things, and things have happened. I am not small in ministry. I know what God has used me to do right from when I was young. I have been involved in outreaches. I have seen people healed. I have seen miracles happen. And I was praying for church for real one day. I was praying. I said, Father, I want the manifestation of the power in this place. Listen. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God poured rich blessings of them. He opened, my God opened my eyes to the state of the church. Ah, To the state of the church. Go back to verse 32. Let me show you something. Verse 32. Miracles don't happen in a place where the people are not of one mind and one heart. No, it doesn't happen. Miracles don't happen in a place where, where there is no law. There's no unity. It doesn't happen. If you cannot flow here, there are plenty churches in, uh, in Lagos. No problem. I won't beguile you. But if you here, we must have one mind and one heart. It's very key, very very key. Go back to verse 33. You see, great power the apostles gave with. Go to 34 now. And there was none in the group who was in need. Those who own fields or houses will sell them, bring the money received from the sale, and turn it over to the apostles, and money distributed according to the needs of the people. Last year, there was a sister. She's no longer here. She, she, I saw an alert, one million naira, into the church account. And she said it's for building. The narration was for building. I said, wow, God bless this sister. And I prayed, that kind of, that kind of thing. I, I prayed. I said, yes, I, God bless this sister. Yes, I have to, you know, my spirits is good. That's the, it's good, good a lot. Now, a few months later, this sister never spoke to me. When I saw the sister in church, I shook her hand and I prayed for her again warmly. God bless you. And, you know, I, I told her, I said, Well, oh, Pastor, please don't call my name. Don't mention about it. Don't say anything about it. I said, No problem. I respect your decision. I will keep it private within us. I only saw the money because I get notification. Great. A few months later, I was talking with the sister. And we were talking. And she said, Pastor, I sold my car. And I realized that it was this. She sold that the money that she gave to church. She sold her car and put the money in there. Why would God? I know God is, is, business is like fire, hot fire. Why would God not bless her? But however, yes, that's for church posts. But look at this. He said the apostle, and the money distributed according to the needs of the people. We want to be able to help people in church. If you are always collecting and you are not contributing, it's not nice enough. Go to 36. And so it was that Joseph a Levi born in Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means one, of encouraged, uh, one who encouraged. So they filled he owned, brought the money, and turned it over to the apostles. Do we still have believers like that? Yes, we have one, but we can have several. Go to, but there was a man named Ananias. So we know the story of Ananias and, and Sapphira who, who lied. Peter said, the land was your own. If you did not sell it, nobody would have killed you. But God decided to handle the issue of lying, and they they fell down and died, two of them. Now, what am I saying? We give tithes in the kingdom, not because of law, because of love. Somebody say love. Love. So if you earn money, it is natural for you to say, "Lord, Lord, as a result of my love for you, I am giving this. I don't do 10%. I do more than 10% as a result of my love for God. Don't ask me how many percent I give, but I I, I cross 10%. The 10% was just a benchmark. So if you are are saying, I don't believe in tithing, no problem. But because of the fact that church needs the money, Biko, give it. Yes, we need the money to do ministry work. To buy this or to run things, to pay staff, we need the money. And you need your go biko. Put it there. It's up they wonder they teach me, boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, lastly, four ways to show that you are part of a local church. Write this down. This is very key. This is are the four ways to know that you are part of a local church. Number one, love. When you express love. Number two, prayer. When you pray for the church and you pray for pastor you pray for people number two, three, giving, when you give when uh, you give one of the ways I still know that some persons that see church for real members is when they give to church for real when I don't see any giving anymore I know say this person don't jackpot either to another church or to because there are some persons who used to give they don't give it anymore and, and they are not coming to church I say okay, when I call them up whatever they tell me Their words may not resonate with their deeds. So love, prayer, giving. Then lastly, one of the ways you know that you belong to a local church is service. Service. Some of you are not in any group in church. Please join one group. It's very important. Join a group, whatever group you like. Join. And some of you are leaders. You are not functioning very strongly. It's not too good. Please start functioning massively. Right? I'm pastor. I cannot be in choir. I cannot be in outreach. I cannot be everywhere. All I do is to coordinate and manage and pray for church and pray for you. So if choir is not doing well, for example, you know, it will affect the church. If outreach is not doing well, it will also affect the church. Are you getting it now? If trail is not doing well, it will affect church. So I don't want them to be quarreling. Trail trail must be united and pulling their weight. The same thing, Memphis, huh? real men. There has to be power pulling. So every leader needs to pull their weight. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Everybody must contribute. That's the way the church grew. So if church for real will grow and we have multiple services. Pastor play his role, you play your role, everybody plays their role. Are we together this morning? Let's rise up on our feet. God bless you. Hallelujah. The purpose of Kingdom wealth don't be eating alone. Let's eat together so that we can prosper together, okay? When I went to write my jam a few years ago, many years ago, the man said, if you have calculator here, bring it out. If you have calculator here, bring it out. People were holding their calculator. When people started bringing bring their calculator, he said, yeah, come on there. At the end of the day, he you know, gave to them. I think they said to him, I don't know. And he made a statement. He said, Let's eat together so that we can live together. I've never forgotten that statement. So in the same way, let's live together. Let's contribute together. Let's give our offerings. Let's pay our tithe. Let's do our building beats. If you have the means, if God is blessing you, the first place you should remember is church. It shouldn't be, you know, how you are going to lavish it and all of that. Because whether you like it or not, let me be honest with you. Every work that you do is recorded, that's the truth. Every work that you do is recorded, okay. And it is kingdom business that we lead the pack, kingdom business will lead the pack. Praise God! I want you to lift up your voice this morning and say, Thank you, Jesus. I heard your word, I have changed. I will think and do things based on the word that I have heard. It's not by power, it's not by might. But by my spirit. It's not about how much you earn, it's about how faithful you are. Jesus said if you are faithful in small things, more will be given to you. Maybe the reason why you are not being given more is because you are not faithful. But said, Lord, from today I will be faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church For Real. Influence Your World.